to Simply Remarkable. We're so glad you're here today on this fun Friday. And this show was created by Remarkable A Speakers Bureau. And I'm Sue Falcone, your host today, founder and CEO of Remarkable. Now we began this show for you. We wanted you to meet the talent we represent at Remarkable and get to know them personally as we do. And then you see their value as a speaker or performer. And you never know, maybe you have an event coming up that you need somebody or you know someone that does. So just sit back and have a great time with us today. Now, you'll also see how remarkable our talent is and how they can help you be remarkable, too. Happy first Friday in June. Can you believe it's June already? I can't believe it. And thank you for joining us today. The active chat line is open and we welcome your questions and comments because we'll be glad to chime in and answer them for you. Now, our guest today is Dustin Dale. He's an international keynote speaker, leadership and business expert. He's an executive leadership coach corporate trainer, and best-selling author. He creates intentional awareness to inspire action. Isn't that what we want? Action. He has developed leaders worldwide by inspiring stronger cultures and creating servant leaders. His books, Learn to Lead by Serving and Learn to Lead by Serving, Two brings an authentic and inspiring message about what it means to become a servant leader. Now, are you looking for a speaker that delivers powerful, thought-provoking experiences that will leave everyone in the room ready to tackle any mission? And also as a trainer that can do a breakout session to dive deeper all in the same day, Dustin is your choice. Please join me in welcoming Dustin Dale. Hey, good to see you today. Hey, Sue, thank you so much for that beautiful introduction. And it is a phenomenal Friday. I think it's better than fantastic. It's a phenomenal Friday. Oh, I beautiful love that. weather. Yes. <laughs> and where are you coming to us from today? All the way up north in Toledo, Ohio. So we are 90 degrees today. Probably the only day in the year we'll hit 90, but it's today. <laughs> well, we're not, we, we finally got a little warm, but we're not going to hit 90, I don't think, today yet. <laughs> but our broadcast director, Lisa, who's on here, she's coming to us from Arizona. She's probably already hit that. So, you know, we're all in the same world here, you know, culture-wise. Now, this is going to be a fast 30 minutes, but it's going to be fun and phenomenal. I love that. Phenomenal Friday. Ooh, I'm going to use that tag. There you go. As start off with Dustin, your life mission was redefined on November 21st, 2021. Can you tell us what happened? Absolutely. So that was the best day and worst day of my life all at the same time. And what it was is I was busy at work in my uh, former life, as I call it, in the corporate world. And I could tell my body was feeling a little bit different. It was a little bit off. And as a kid, I was sick. So I, I was kind of remembering some certain things from my childhood. And lo and behold, I, I go get a blood test, just as they always tell you, get a blood test. Let's see where your levels are at. 
And next thing I know, I get a phone call and on a voicemail and it said, hey, Dustin, we need you to get to the emergency room as quick as possible. And that's not the voicemail you ever want to hear. So I'm thinking, okay, you know, maybe something came back. Maybe my, you know, sugar level is high. I don't know. Uh, so I call a couple of friends who are doctors and they looked at my test results and they said, no, Dustin, you need to get to the hospital quickly as possible. So now things really start going through my head. At the time I had a one-year-old. Uh, so I'm like, okay, you know, you know, what is it? What's the answers? And to make a kind of a long story short, what I found out was my body was uh, internally bleeding due to an autoimmune disease that I was born with. And I had issues with it as a kid and it kind of went away for a while, went dormant. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere in 2021, it just came back and had a doctor come into the room and he said, Dustin, your blood levels are not even registering on the charts. Um, we need you to understand that you may not walk out of here if this doesn't turn around. And that was the first time being told there's a good chance you're going to die. Your levels are just so low. And so that's where the mission was redefined. And I know we're going to talk a little bit later about it, so I don't want to give too much away. Um, but that version of me kind of erupted because I went 28 years of living this life that I thought was purposeful, that I thought was mission driven. And then in a matter of minutes, I started to think, what am I doing? Like, what is it that I really should be doing? And then that's why you see the version of who's sitting with you this morning is the version that came out of that uh, life and death experience. Wow. What a story. Oh, wow. All I can think about is, you know, what is our audience thinking if they were in the same situation? And the next question goes along with that. How long did it take you after that day that you were told that to decide what your next chapter would be? Great question. And actually it was in four days. So when I was in the emergency room, death makes you act quick. And I tell people that all the time, even in leadership, you know, I paint this scenario or this asked this question is like, okay, so if I tell you you're going to die tonight, what do you do different today? You know, what, what creates that action? And it's that intensity in which you have to take action and you live a different life. So during those four days, I was going through emergency treatments and they were trying to pump this medicine in my body to make sure I don't bleed out. And while, you know, you can't do anything, you basically have to lay still so you do not bump or bleed out. And you have a lot of time to think. You don't want to watch TV. You, uh, my wife wasn't allowed to be there because of COVID protocols. It was still heavy during that time. So I literally sat in this emergency room for four days and being in an ER bed for four days, my back killed me. <laughs> And you just really start thinking. So when I left the hospital, it's like, okay, cool. You know, thank goodness I didn't, you know, die. But it's like, what am I going to do now? And then I started to think, well, I was always great at speaking. I was always great at, you know, developing leaders and really getting people to become a better version. You know, why can't I do that and try to help more people than what I was doing? Actually start living a life of value. You know, in the corporate world, we can get caught up very quick and the money and the titles and the promotions. And I, and it's not that I was caught up so much, but I just felt like I wasn't serving enough. Um, so the following week, I started 80 hours worth of treatments uh, over the course of December and January uh, to get my body back in order. And that's where my first book came from, Learn to Lead by Serving. 
was actually wrote from an oncology department in the chair. I had nothing else to do. So I started unpacking all the wisdom nuggets I had into this book. And next thing I know, I have a bestseller on Amazon. So it was, it's quite a fascinating journey, how, how quick it happened. Wow. That, you just answered my next question. Cause like I said, you wrote it quickly. It became a bestseller quickly because they could see the message in it. And that was important for people to see and realize. And you did it all while you were going through this. Oh, I said, how many people would just be focused on themselves instead of focused on doing something that you feel like you're led to do? That, that was tremendous message to me. And I'm sure that your audiences love that you share that because guess what? You have choices. And um, that's what I found out from, from you. So that is great. Now, you talk a lot about servant leadership. Yeah. Now, I love this topic because being in a corporate career myself, formerly, um, I was taught by some masters mm -hmm. to be a servant leader. That, that was, and I loved it, <laughs> you know, because I could focus on that. I was... I, that was my passion that I wanted to serve. I didn't just want to be a leader, but I wanted to serve people because that's what leadership is. And so when I met you and when I met um, your books and all like this, I said, oh, oh wow, this is, this is uh, just fabulous. I said, people are going to want to hear this. <laughs> and certainly they're going to want to be coached by him because golly, look what he's been through. And let me ask you this. Did you always lead by serving in your previous corporate career? Of course not. And if, if anybody tells you they do, I'm going to call them out on it. You know, it's leadership is something that you can have a natural ability to speak. You can have a natural ability to gravitate towards people through psychology and emotional intelligence. Um, but as you're taught growing up, you know, as a kid, you teach people to share. So share your toys, you know, share your food, play. But then as you get a little bit older, it starts, the message starts to change. And then we start telling our high school and young adults, like, okay, start focusing on you and shift away from sharing and, and focus on yourself. So if you think about the natural progression of life, most leaders are promoted because they're good at tasks, plain and simple. It's not a bad thing, but it's always not a great thing either. So when I was promoted, I was one of the best taskers that was around. You couldn't outwork me. You couldn't out hustle me. Um, I just had this determination to be the best. Now, does that make me a great leader? Absolutely not. And it did it for the first couple of years. And in fact, I probably shouldn't share this, but I will. Um, there was a point in time where there was questioning of can Dustin really lead a multi-million dollar operation? Can he really lead a couple hundred people? And it was because I wanted to win so bad that I was driving expectations that weren't necessarily bad, but I wasn't developing the people to meet those expectations. I was just coming in and saying, hey, we're going to be the best team. Like, I want the best version of everybody on this team. Not a bad thing to want, but if you don't develop the people to rise to that expectation and to rise to those occasions then you're going to fail every single time. So yeah, I struggled absolutely before I flipped the switch to say, you know what, I'm going to set the expectation to be the best, but I got to get you to be the best first before we all can be the best. That is so key. 
it took me a while from being mentored to learn that because you're right. <laughs> I was even known and they gave me an official title, Queen of the Multitasking. <laughs> and I thought that was really a great title. You know, I didn't know at that time, but I soon learned it wasn't. And mm -hmm. I still, you know, you have to calm that down. You have to, you know, erase that and you have to move on. And you're helping so many people do that because that's key. That's where we're at in corporate America today and more required. So thank you for sharing that because it's going to resonate with many, many people out there. And uh, so that is that is key. Now, Dustin, tell us the truth. OK, we always like to hear the truth here. And I know you do that yeah. in your life. Did you ever feel like giving up? What and what made you believe you could succeed even through this adventure? So I'm a big adversity guy. Like my whole life has been nothing but adversity since I was a kid. Um, so I answer this question about I'll try to tie the story together. Uh, so yes, there's there's tons of times I felt like giving up um, personally and professionally, truthfully. And it, the, the personal side really begins with that life story. So I didn't grow up in the best environment whatsoever. I come from a very um, split up home. My parents were divorced when I was young. I got sick as a kid. They told my mom I had childhood leukemia, uh, which was misdiagnosed because of the autoimmune disease. And since then, it's just spiraled into moving around states and you get custom somewhere and then you're moving again. Not a lot of stability. Lived with my grandparents, lived with my mom back and forth. So all the way up until my early adulthood, I was trying to figure out, like, what the heck is life about? Because this isn't fun. You know, I was not a very positive teenager, or positive kid. I just wanted a dad to throw football with. I just wanted a, a home to come home to that was somewhat stable and all this stuff. And then I get into the corporate world and you start to plant your own feet. I, I started to form my own identity. You know, next thing you know, I'm making a six figure salary in my early twenties. I'm like, Hey, this is great. I don't have to worry about money. I can buy whatever I want. Sign me up. I'll do this forever. But shortly you start to learn, okay, cool. I, I hit the top, but you know, what, what now, you know, if you're a motivated person, you always ask, okay, what's next, what's next. And even if you're most successful person in the world, you still may want to give up because you are successful. And I know that sounds funny, but a lot of people hit the success that they strive for for so many years, and then they lose their identity and they spiral down out of control. So there was those points where, you know, I was leading successful teams. My, you know, sales figures and employee engagement was through the roof. But I was still sitting there like, okay, cool. You know what now? And, you know, am I really as good as I think I am? Sure, the numbers are great, but how much is it is me? It's really my team executing. So adversity to me is a great thing to go through. And if if you don't have adversity, then you don't grow, plain and simple. You know, a flower doesn't grow just because you put it in the shade, right? It it goes through storms, it needs water, it needs weather. And it becomes strong in its roots because the roots grow deep over time through those different adverse conditions. We're human beings. We have to plant seed work for our roots to grow strong. And to be a strong tree, we have to go through these adversities to develop, you know, those roots that run deep. That is so true. You have just hit the head. Uh, you know, that just hit the 
the essence of that because yeah in corporate america they are hitting it you know and they're they're not quite able to understand how to figure it out so i'm glad that you are out there for them and knowing that you have that message and you have faced much adversity in your life and so have i when i look back on it this is sometimes what gets us where we're at uh you know and, and realizing where you're at but you recently wrote a blog which i dearly loved matter of fact we featured it as our weekly corporate blog yesterday called adversity is a must and when i first saw that i said look i gotta read this what is this you know and then the more i read i said this is the truth now tell us dustin why do you believe that adversity is a must for growth i think it's a simple answer it's always for growth and you know, it, adversity is based on context. So I'm a big context guy. You know, when you hear one thing, we have to put it into the context in which it should be understood. And so when you talk about adversity, you know, it doesn't mean like, hey, I want everybody to get diagnosed with childhood leukemia and just for it to be misdiagnosed. That's not what I'm saying at all. But adversity really boils down to, you know, can you learn to develop um, mental behaviors that are positive when things are negative? To me, that's kind of where adversity really goes to. And it also does start to define your mental state and your character. You know, I, always, I often say adversity is how well you handle your reputation, right? So when things are going astray, when things are going rough, and your reputation as a leader is on the line through adversity, two things are going to happen, plain and simple. You either rise from it and you succeed because you kept to your ethics, or it challenges you and you fail and lose. But these three signs behind me are up here for a reason. And I live by these three things for adversity. So either we execute during adverse times, we're successful, or we fail. And that's it. There's no, you know, fourth sign that says make an excuse for adversity, right? So uh, if you let adversity define it based on excuses, then you're going to lose every time. But that's why I think adversity is a must, because one of these three, three things are going to happen when you face adversity and it'll define your character as a leader. So true. Execute success and failure. That's the choice. That's the, that's the key. That's the keys. Thank you for sharing that. And I'm sure all of us will be writing that one down. All right. So we, we've got to make sure that we keep that. Now I understand you are a new dad. Yeah. And you have a two-year-old and now a one-month-old, right? Yes, How has being a servant leader helped you be a better person in your family? Oh, we don't have enough time for that answer, Sue, but I'll give you the best answer I can give you. Um, so again, not everybody loses themselves in success, right? And I will tell you, I was so driven to get to the highest level possible. And it happens in corporate world where I'm going to be transparent. Uh, oftentimes divorce rates in the corporation world is extremely high, you know, CEOs and, you know, on their third, fourth marriage, it's not uncommon. It's a very common thing. We got to stop shying away from it because we got to address it. So for me, I wasn't heading towards that route of divert, uh, divorce. I'll make that clear. But my wife will tell you there's two, there's two Dustins that she's known. The corporate Dustin, you know, was confident and was driven, successful. 
but when I got home, sometimes I was so exhausted. I couldn't even hold a conversation. I literally would pass out asleep on the couch. And my one-year-old, I wasn't bonding with the way I should have. Um, and I'll be transparent. I took two weeks of the, uh, paternity leave when he was born, when I was offered six. You know, so I'll take the flack for that from the audience. But that was my mindset. Fast forward now, being an entrepreneur and a speaker, there's days I get up and I say, hey, let's go for a walk this morning as a family. Like, let, let's do this. At night, I do try to cut my phone off. I try to get off social media. You're always, you know, prospecting and trying to find the next client. But I'm like, you know, I never heard anybody say on their deathbed, I wish I spent more time working. And that really resonates with me. And it's like, no, I wish I spent more time with my family. So now I'm very intentional about my actions and that servant leadership mentality. I want my children to adapt. I don't want them to say, great, dad was a successful speaker, but he was never there. He was a great coach, but he was never there not at all. I want him to say, hey, he balanced both. He served us and the people he worked with. So that's that's a major driving factor for me to keep servant leadership at the forefront. That is so cool that we can share that because I'm sure there's many in our audience today. They're not being active on the chat line right now. They're probably to listen intently as to what you're going to say next. But they're getting it, you know? Yeah. And we talk all the time about work-life balance, right? Mm -hmm. But we don't always see what that really means. And some think that's impossible. So you just choose one or the other and that's how you flow, you know, and uh, go. And I can so relate to that, so relate. It, it's amazing. And now you're right, I realize, hey, I can make choices and change. That's mm -hmm. that's key because change is needed. Not more work, but it has to be focused, intentional, and you can be both that and a real person too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and AI is not going to help us do any of that. <laughs> <laughs> we know that it's it's not capable. So that's that's the key. That's the key. Thank you for sharing that because that's personal. That's real. But we can resonate with that and we can get that in closing just a minute. I want to know, can you give us the top two things of quality that a servant leader needs to have the top two? Great question. It's a tough question. First one is perspective. A servant leader always has a perspective of understanding. Right. They don't go into it thinking the worst or thinking the best. It's literally just kind of an observation. But you can only observe if you have the right mindset for perspective. So that's number one. Number two, plain and simple is communication. You can you can be a great leader through actions. And there are many great leaders who did actions. But at some point in time, you're going to have to communicate with people. And that involves feedback, giving, receiving, that involves setting a vision, strategic direction, organizational alignment, DE&I. All of that involves communication. So those two qualities a servant leader has, number one is the right perspective and making sure that they serve correctly. And number two is that they communicate to the best of their abilities and have great communication in order to help serve others and be able to develop them. Wow, that's powerful. We have learned so much today. 
I thank you for sharing. And we didn't rehearse this. Mm -mm. Nope, we don't do that here. It's all, it's all not scripted. <laughs> you know, I pick the questions and you get to share without even knowing. And that's great because to me, that's the fun part of this. That's the fun. We learn more. But in one final closing question, Dustin, I want to know, what are you going to do today to be remarkable? I already did it. I'm on here. They're sharing my message with others. That's it. But no, um, today it's all about just, and the same thing as every day. It's all about spreading love, but pushing people to be the best version. You know, when we think of servant leadership, it's not um, coddling people. It's not making them feel, that's not what servant leadership is, not the white glove service. It's situational based. But my goal today to be remarkable is to, to get with somebody and push them to do something new or to realize that there's another better version of them that they can keep striving towards. Well, I think I'm ready to sign up for your coaching, okay? <laughs> Let's go. I'm, I'm ready to go. Time's too short. <laughs> and, and to our audience out there today, our challenge to you is, what are you going to do today to be remarkable? Now, you've heard a lot of things. And Lindy is saying she certainly enjoyed you, Destin, so much. And um, that that's really the key here that we... Uh, have impacted people today but audience we want you to let us know what are you going to do today the challenge is what are you going to do today to be remarkable we'd love to hear from you put it here in the chat or later on we'd love to know that and thank you so much Dustin for joining us and I hope you'll come back absolutely thank you for having me it was such an honor to be here and and just great conversation between two great people well I I, I Thank you so much for putting me in that category. I love it because I so enjoy interacting with you as well. Now to have Dustin at your next event, all you got to do is call us today. Let us know. Here's the information there. And you need to call us today because Dustin books quickly. Okay. So just giving you a hint and everyone out there, we hope you will come back next Friday, June 9th, as our guest will be. Pastor John Amatuki, who is a rising voice exposing the racist ideologies of abortion and critical race theory. He is the author of the bestseller, E-Raced, and appears on national cable shows. I'm sure you've seen him everywhere and at conferences all over the country. Now we're gonna tackle the issues of today having him with truth and love so you won't want to miss this it's going to be an exciting time now also we want you to subscribe to our youtube channel so that you won't miss an episode of our show and can go back and see all the previous episodes and just in case you then remember everything that dustin said today you're going to have a way to be able to go back and listen again and we will have Coming up this afternoon, this will be rebroadcast and next Wednesday, it becomes a podcast. So you can't miss us anywhere. You'll be able to access that. And we just thank our broadcast director, Lisa, for creating all that to make it happen. Now we hope you will have a remarkable spring weekend 
and that we will see you for a next happy, phenomenal Friday. And we thank you for joining us today. Have a good one.